Hello, and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Socks. And I'm Lori Socks. And today we are going to stop for a moment and check in with everybody. Just take a breath. In some areas of the country, in the next couple weeks, we have been and continue to return to school. And that conversation comes on the wings of a return to normalcy. Whatever that means, because I think that you know, as a community, what's funny is, you know, we always say there is no normal. What is normal? And I think that we can understand that really on a real level now. What is normal? What are we returning to? But as far as school goes, that's always something. Education is always something that's on the forefront of our mind because it is one of the areas as a family that we find the most challenges when we're supporting Liam or in Liam's equality. And it is a common story in the community. We really felt like during the pandemic, there were some things that... I mean, I don't want to say gifts. It's not no, like a gift. but it but was like, like if a you level wanna... playing field in some aspects. Right. It's not... I don't want to say a gift because a gift during the pandemic... I mean, a gift during the pandemic is that you lived and you stayed healthy and you didn't catch COVID. That was a, a real gift. And when it came to education, though, because... Everybody was trying to figure it out and all of a sudden nobody can go to school and there's distance learning. There was a part of that that we we already had knowledge of. We already had been trying to figure out for years how to support our child at home and on his own. And once everybody was in the same boat and then the teachers and the schools and they were trying to find supports and how does everybody access the curriculum. And I think that's it. That is, that is the gift is that there were times when we felt so alone since Liam entered into the education system. And we didn't feel so alone anymore because everybody was having the same conversation. How do I support my child to, they didn't say access the curriculum, but that's basically what it is. How do I support my child with his schoolwork? And so many great things came out of that, so many new approaches. And for the first time ever, Liam was actually supported. He received a fabulous teacher for the last 10 weeks of his fourth grade year, and she was able to support him. She was able to provide his curriculum. She was able to break it down and all of those things that we had fought so hard for and struggled so hard for, and it felt great. And now here we go, we're going into this year, and we thought when we were going into this year that, you know, everybody would be back in school, and we'd return, but with this knowledge, well, Liam's in the fifth grade, and Liam's not 12, so he can't get vaccinated. And with our doctor's consent, he's staying home. So what does that look like? We thought that it would look continue to look as it had when everybody was in the same boat, but now not everybody's in the same boat anymore, and really... Um, we're back on the outside and we're back fighting and struggling. And the one option that was provided was completely overwhelmed. You, the options that, that were made available to us, because it's not now for the entire 
school body, they were handled so haphazardly with no concern and care. And honestly, going into the third week of school, the program that they offered up still hasn't reached out to us. And that's frustrating. And after everything that happened with summer school, after Liam being forgotten and disregarded during summer school and trying to communicate and, and we're there and we're trying and we're doing our part, we're communicating, we're asking questions, we're filling out our forms, which I know we're not alone in that. No, I think there are plenty of kids that are going to school. I mean, I'm, I, I try to keep a temperature on, on what's going on in the community. Plenty of kids are going to school. There's some kids that are staying home. There's some kids not only staying home, but now are going to homeschool. And I think this similar worry is something that parents of all those kids can understand. But when someone removes their child from the school district and does homeschool, that's a totally different entity. Yes. That, and that's no, I'm just something saying that it, it may have come from this uncertainty. Right. And when, when we do that, though, it, it eliminates our ability for Liam to receive his supports like speech and OT and everything. So that would be something that would, although we see the benefits, definitely see the benefits, that would be something that would be a bigger conversation. Yeah, for us, it's, a, it's not for a, us, a great it's a, option. Right. But what I'm, I'm saying is that the, the option that was given to us that failed us and then you know, we really did our best. We, we have really done our best. And I have to tell you this last week when people are finally, re you know, returning our emails, uh, asking us for patience while they figure it out, um, which anybody who's ever received that request from an assistant principal or someone at their school district, I just get so frustrated because I'm doing my job and to wait while my child really is the one who endures the consequence while somebody else can figure out what they're supposed to do, it, it's really hard to not get mad at that. It's really hard to take a breath and step back. At this last situation, I really did work so hard because I didn't want to feel those feelings that I always feel. I mean, over the summer, our experience, I was there I was again crying in a parking lot. And I just, I want to stop. I, I, I just... I want to take my power back, right? So, you know, we receive those requests from somebody who doesn't really know their job, um, which I think it's, I don't want to just complain. I know, boo. But I just, the, the fact that people who are supposed to support a community of children who have disabilities should know their job, should know the law, should know the students' rights. And that can be very stressful on the parents. Now, because we do, because as self-advocates, we, we have to know all of that. Yes. And it's expected that a parent would be super concerned about their child's education and more concerned than the educational system or the school itself. But I see too big of a gap between those two things. The concern that the educational system has for my child's education and my concern for my child's education. I see that widening and that that really is frustrating and stressful and scary. And, and there's no doubt this is happening across the country and that parents feel this way. But it's not even just like their, their concern with the educating. It's, if it was just like their concern, there's going to be a gap because there's always going to be a gap for how, how a parent deals with child. But it's, yes. it's even just that, that it's the law. The law. The, it's not only their concern with what are they doing for my child, but not only are they n not upholding the law, but blatantly 
breaking the law and doing it in such a callous way because they rely on the fact that us as parents won't know the law, won't have the energy, won't have the fight in us, and they just they just steamroll over us. And that's exactly what happened to us this week. We're going into the third week of school, and we have been trying to find a way to get Liam access to his curriculum and have some kind of education. He was failed by the first option, who never even returned a phone call or an email after we did what we were supposed to do. Despite our communications to the school, despite our questions, despite us doing our part and receiving those emails of, oh, I don't know how this could happen, which we receive far too often. Last week, we received an email saying, oh, you guys are going to have to figure it out and you're going to have to hold this emergency IEP right now because if you don't, we can't support him after, and they gave us a, a date, which is yeah, that's like plus a, there was like no in a ten week. day uh, no, IP. So, but it it, it, it was so many things were. But you mentioned law. So many things were broken. I I know, and you mentioned law, and I think everyone can relate to holding on to that and saying this is the law. The they problem do not is care. the problem is there's no enforcement of the law, zero enforcement of the law, unless you do it as a parent. Unless you do it, unless we bring a lawyer, and that's what happened. And, yes. And one of the frustrating things, one of the most frustrating things whenever we have this conversation is we are so fortunate to have the best lawyer, one of the best lawyers, because I really hope that our listeners ha- also have the best lawyer for them. But we have a rock solid Georgiana. is She's been on our podcast a few times. She is She's passionate. She knows the law, but she cares, and she's passionate. I mean, I hope everyone has a, a, an, advocate a, an advocate like that, or or somebody. Because even if you just have an advocate that sits next to you, that just relieves that some of that weight. Because before school, we had started on this road, and I've been doing it for three weeks, trying to have communication, trying to figure it out, trying to do what's right, obtaining a doctor's note, checking in. Is this all we need? Is this good? going down to the school, getting Liam's assignments, being patient while people figure out how to make an email account for him, reminding people that we need work ahead of time, that you can't just spring assignments on Liam, doing all of this and then to to receive an email on a Thursday evening saying, you have this many days or else we can no longer educate your son to put one of these systems into place. And... In that moment, it I mean, it's a far too familiar feeling that someone just reaches down your throat and grabs your guts from the insides and squeezes. And it's always like, hey, happy Thursday. And I'm like, what? It's kind of the but same. But what sp- changed it? But what changed that feeling? Georgiana wrote, wrote right. a letter. You know, from talking to Maison and our interview with Maison, we talked about, you know, that beginner's mind and just being there. And normally... I would have spent so much energy getting everything in a row and really just done all of this work and probably still ended up in the same boat, but maybe a little bit more frustrated. But to be in that place to just say, I don't understand and I don't know and explain to me how this happened because I don't know and I don't get it. And you know, the truth is that for the last, what, eight years, I have been trying to get it and trying to bridge the gap and trying to do somebody else's job. And here I was again, but this time I just, I was just there and I said, you know what? I'm going to just be here. I am going to breathe. 
because normally I just cry. <laughs> normally I just cry and get sick to my stomach and I'm just, I just don't want that anymore. I, like I said, I want my power back. I want to know that I participate in my life, that this, you just can't do this. And you know, everything in my body says, you just can't do this. Like this is wrong, but it's me saying it. And you know, like in Zoolander, when he says, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's super funny. But it's like that where I'm just, are you, just the lack of accountability. So we reached out and, you know, Georgiana was great because this is, we had already scheduled his IEP. We had already had the discussion of, we haven't really mentioned that they didn't give Liam an annual IEP last year. They just didn't. I think that happened to a lot of people. That happened to a lot of people. It's, it's unlawful, but they just didn't. And so none of this that could have been taken care of for his fifth grade year even had a chance of being taken care of. So we had already scheduled what would be his annual from last year for the end of this month when it actually suited our schedules, when we weren't giving up days of work to accommodate the system. And then we're told on Thursday, I know that this is what you're going to do, but I really want to encourage you to have a meeting beforehand or basically, to paraphrase, we can't educate him after September 7th. And, you know, we're in that we're in that place again. And we were we were so fortunate to have someone who just stepped in with the law. But I know there are people who don't have that. And that's my concern. As a community, that's my concern. How do we stand up for those people? How do we help you? What information? Because I know it's hard and I know you can approach the school uh, so many times with the law and they're really going to pretend like it's not the law. And, and to me, it's so ridiculous that it really takes a lawyer going, guys, you know, this is the law for them to go, Ooh, better do my job. That's my concern. So I think as a community, one, I want all of us to have peace of mind. I, I want that peace because we have so many things that are so much more important. And we have so much more of an influence and impact in our child's life. That's the truth. Because they're going to be done with school, hopefully go on to secondary education, if that's what they want to do. We have more of an impact in our child's life. And I think sometimes we forget that. Sometimes I forget that. I want us to remember that. I want us to stand together as a community to support each other, to say, all right, this is wrong. Now, what can we do law-wise? You know, your IEP is still a legal binding document. There is still a law that stands behind you. You still write those letters and get them time-stamped in writing so you have it. And there's advocate uh, resources out there as well. In your local Down Syndrome Resource Center, in your regional center. Um, Honestly, on social media, there are groups, social groups. You can throw a question out there and get a lot of responses back. There are things to do. We have the Down Syndrome Association in our area. We have Club 21. In California. We, in right. California. There's wherever you are. Every state. Every state. Every community has a somebody, resource. Really a resource. use it. Please, because the law is still there. And don't give up. Right. Don't let this wear on you too much. Know that we're all here together and how much stronger we are together. Just knowing that we're all experiencing the same thing or a lot of us are experiencing the same thing. Because I know that feeling of helplessness because that's how I felt this week. 
And I hate feeling helpless because I know I'm not helpless. I know that's not the story of my life is that I'm helpless. But when you feel it, when you feel like you have no control and no say, when I feel that way, when I feel like I have no control and no say, it is the worst feeling for me. I don't know if I want to cry or scream. And in the same week, actually on the same day, I received two texts from different friends of mine asking how I was doing with the same stories. Well, different stories of how their child is now being forgotten. So all of those insights that we had during distance learning of how to support every child, because we want to support every child. Now that it seems that it's just our children, those insights aren't as important. Our concerns are put on the back burner. While again, that main population is being taken care of. And if something doesn't feel right, it is wrong. As Bob Dylan once said, it's not right, it's wrong. And you know it in your gut. So the reason why we're here, the reason for this talk is to let you know you're not alone, to let you know we support you and to encourage you to do what you know is right for your child. And use all the resources you have. It may be a social media group. It may be a meditation, talking to a friend. Find your advocacy. Know that we're all together in this. We're here to support each other. So you're not alone. When we are challenged, we grow strong by facing those challenges. We advocate by showing up. We support each other by sharing our stories. We make change together. We are never alone. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod. Or visit our website, ifweknewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Oh,